Hey, hello, buddies. Welcome back to the Gerald Field Report, recorded here live from our secret and hypoallergenic bunker where we are hoping to ride out the coronapocalypse. Uh, I, for my part, am old CW. Joining me here is my buddy, Thony. How you doing, Thony? Um, I have some bad news, Casey. Go ahead. What is it? Is it the South? Did they rise again? No, but okay. uh, you're in a bunker with a sick right. person. Oh, who no. Who may or may not have contracted well, uh, a disease that may or may not be a disease that other people are hoarding toilet paper and water for. Huh. Well, you heard it here first, folks. We've contracted capitalism. Oh, in any event, yeah. <laughs> welcome back to the Jared. Wash your damn hands, people. This is gonna. This isn't gonna come out anywhere near when this is actually happy. You know, never mind. I'm okay. gonna cut this. Like, <laughs> like, no, no, no. This is this is very important. Uh, this may be like sixty years into the future that you're listening to this, yep. but uh, right now the flu has more deaths and more people infected than the coronavirus has. Right. So get your fucking flu shots, people, and wash your fucking hands. Yeah. Because. That's the thing, is the coronavirus itself is, okay, you're a healthy, able-bodied person with an intact immune system. Good the fuck for you. I have asthma. Most of my family is immune-compromised. You know a lot more immunocompromised people than you think you do. It's not about you. Wash your damn hands for 20 seconds. Just repeat right. the litany against fear, or the happy birthday song, or the bit from somebody once told me to, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Whatever measure you need uh. to wash your hands for that damn long, like a grown-up. Uh... If you sing the opening song to Hamilton, uh, you can sing you the go. beginning part up until they say the word Alexander Hamilton, and that's exactly there you 20 go. seconds. Too. Yet another gift that Gremlin Manuel Miranda has given us. Okay. Well, Tony, it seems appropriate that just as winter has begun to break upon the new year, we watch uh, Season 1, Episode 6 of Hey Arnold, Heat Slash Snow. I love the dichotomy of these two episodes. It's like, really good. Like, and I, I hope, like, this was uh, an actual production choice on Craig Bartlett's part, not just the Nickelodeon execs shoving and gluing two pieces together. No, I think this was a, this was a clear play with the format of the show, uh, and I love that to death. It was as Dan Harmon once said, I believe in an episode of Harmontown, that it is the prerogative of the creative to use the frame as part of the painting, and I have always remembered that, and I, I think that's really what they did here. They were like, hey, we can we can use two stories to tell one story. Yeah. And that story is how awful grown-ups are in this fucking town. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I'll give an overview rundown of the first episode, Heat. Do it. Uh, it is a scorching 106 degrees in the city of Hillview. Hillview, right? That's the name of their city. Um, yeah. Or what Arizona calls a chilly Tuesday. Or, yeah, the Antelope Valley. Any day in the summer. Yeah, uh, for real. Uh, not only is it scorching heat, but the city is plagued by uh, citywide brownouts. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. not sure what the word brownout means, but it means that Arnold's house has no electricity. I think it's when the power doesn't go entirely off. I could be wrong. Uh, well, let's find yeah. out. Well, hold up. Well, let's say, hey, Google, what is a brownout? According to Holy Wikipedia, shit. A brownout is an intentional or unintentional drop in voltage in an electrical power ah. supply system. 
So it's it's okay. Google, thank you. So it's the city is is purposefully hoarding. He's what? He's he 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 aims to please is what I heard. Wow, you're nice to your your Google. I'm abusive to my Google. Uh, I am. I am nice to my Google. I am nice to my Siri. Uh, because I don't think Marlon Barnes is completely right about what's going to happen in the future re-artificial intelligence, but I'm also not a chance-taking man, generally speaking. Um, anyway, so, Brown, so, now, the, the, city, so, the city is intentionally hoarding electricity, we're saying. Uh, and because of that, uh, not only does Arnold's house not have electricity uh, or any way to keep them cool, but the entire city doesn't. Uh, what you see is kind of a a series of unfortunate events, a series of... Uh, foibles, I don't know what you would call it, but... Uh, misadventures. Ep- yeah, misadventures is good. The, the, the episode doesn't have a whole like lot of plot going on. It's Arnold no. just spending the day trying to figure out ways to get cool. Yeah. Uh, all of them failing uh, completely, yeah. uh, leading to uh, an intense and heated battle uh, between uh, the neighborhood ice cream man and... Uh, right. the children of the city. Uh, and like all good stories, there is a nice resolution. The heat stops, the rain comes, and everything is back to normal. Correct. So, we start out with uh, a classic Arnold daydream intro. Uh, except he's actually asleep, so I guess it's not a daydream. But he's climbing a waffle cone mountain, as we've all done. He's got a grappling hook, which are Im- as impractical as they are lust afterable. I've always wanted one. And Arnold is woken up. This is the first time we hear cool jazz. So we know that Arnold is a cool cat who listens to jazz in his free time. I have some stuff to talk about this this uh, this radio broadcast. Tell me, stuff give me everything. About I this radio broadcast. I never noticed uh, before. I actually watched this episode twice because uh, when I first watched this, I took notes on it like the three weeks ago we were supposed to record. So right. I don't remember a lot of my notes. There's a lot of things that like are really bizarre to me when I wrote them, but made sense. Uh, but after that, I got to listen to this this cool jazz thing uh, before. So uh, there's a part right before they go, uh, like they kind of go through the city, they go through all the bad things that are happening in the city, it pans right. into a pile of garbage, uh, talk about sanitation strikes... Yeah, there's a horrible, there's a horrible garbage pile up in the hot, hot city sun. Right. And right before it goes into Arnold's house, the radio DJ says, uh, this line, uh, dissident filmmaker, dissident filmmaker is remains still under, under house arrest. <laughs> okay, thank God. Yes. What is that? Do you know? Is that a reference to something in particular? I, I, I spent an hour looking this up, trying to find something. <laughs> Nothing. Like the closest okay. thing I could, I could think that maybe this it is, but, but dissident means it's someone who's making like information. Political. Yeah, against what the government wants. Um, so maybe this is a dissident filmmaker in another country, or maybe the United States in this Arnold universe is a political dystopia. Uh, it would explain a lot. Uh, the closest thing I could think of is Roman Polanski, who got exiled uh, out of the United States uh, for trying to have sex with children. Yeah. But I don't know. And that's a little bit further into this episode. But that's something that, like, like I didn't hear it, like, the seven times I've watched this episode as a child. And I didn't hear it the first time I watched through this this week. It was just now nope. uh, that I didn't have to even take notes about it that I'm listening and paying attention. And, like, here's the thing. 
I think Nick, Nick shows have always done a really good job of putting things in for the parents who are watching the episodes. Right. Well, cause, cause like when you hear something described as a family movie or fun for the whole family, that just means it's for, it's for kids. The family section at Blockbuster was kids movies, but Nick has always done a good job of making shows that are literally for the entire family to watch and benefit from. And like most often it, is like in the form of vague sexual innuendo. Uh, right. I'm looking at you, Rocco's modern modern life. Be and kind. Stimpy. Be courteous. Be naughty. Yep. Uh, oh baby. Oh baby. Oh baby. <laughs> Dude, I hate Rocco's modern life. I was an ardent watcher when I was a kid, and I've tried a couple times to watch as a grown. I just cannot get it. It makes me feel gross. And uh, no, I'm not. Here no, for I still, it. I still love it. I can't watch Red and Stimpy anymore. But yeah. For very uh, good reason. Um, no one should ever watch Red and Stimpy. But what I like about this 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 line is a kid's not going to even pay attention to this line. It's right. not sexually suggestive or whatever. It's just this is something that's happening in the world beyond right. the, the ninth the nine year old's point of view. Yeah, who is this distant filmmaker? What movie did this guy make? Um, and Cats twenty twenty. It must be that, like, like that yeah. movie was so controversial. You know, they made it was like, like old Deuteronomy, a woman uh, played by du- Judy Dench. Yeah. Why is Judy Dench the person that uh, automatically gets selected to play formerly male roles and now turned into female roles? Oh shit! I'll be dipped. Well, who else? Julius Commander Julius Root in the uh, soon-to-be Artemis Fowl flop uh, coming to Disney Plus uh, pretty soon. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that because I've been paying no attention to that. (laughs) Well, what attention can you be paying attention to? Exactly. uh, It was supposed to come out in July. And then nothing happened. I Um, did at you when when there was an update with a new trailer a couple days ago. And I also tagged you on Facebook, but we are on two different social media platforms. We are. I'm booking less space than ever. No. This is the only place we come together. (laughs) I am in my heyday at Facebook. Like, like Uh, I have discovered my new niche, which is shitposting. Yep. And I've just... It's an Anthony Renaissance right now. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because Italian. Uh, uh, thank you for the final, last and final episode of Jailfield, everybody. It's been fun. Everybody. Uh, okay. But this so, is no longer going on. Okay. So I, I know I jumped, jumped ahead of the episode, but that was just something I needed to talk about immediately. The dissident filmmaker. <laughs> And his house arrest. Yeah, that was wild. And we may we may never know. This is this is a very strange world, um, which they they don't go to great pains to express. Usually, they let the story and the characters express that. But every once in a while, they just have to plant some shining nugget of weirdness. Or you know what? Maybe it was a reference to some then current issue, and is now just a weird artifact. One of the things I. Before we started recording, I had planned to say that I thought uh, heat was the weaker half of this episode um, by a considerable margin. But it occurs to me now, we talked about how this uses two stories to tell one story and about how it's really using the medium as a, as a storytelling tool. 
Like, this is just a really slow, sleepy episode, isn't it? Right, yeah. Like, the the pace of it itself. Not just the characters, not just the story that's happening in it, but the thing itself. And the other thing is, like, as children when we watch this, if an ep- if there isn't something that's supposed to be going on, we are uninterested in it. That's why that's why uh, children's episodes are 12 minutes long, because right. any longer and a kid's not going to want to pay attention to it. And why there is always something going on in every single cartoon you'll ever see. Correct. This one is not. This is really, like, above almost any episode I saw... The day in the life of a nine-year-old when yeah. there is an issue in his city. It's almost intentionally boring with how normal it right. is. Yeah. But it's and... but it's it's not normal. It's the most surreal heat wave yeah. I have ever seen. Like like you and I both live in deserts, and maybe it's because of the fact that we have lived in deserts our entire lives, but the fact that so many weird things happen in this episode is Mm -hmm. baffling to me. It is. For example, uh, Arnold heads downstairs. He's already drenched in sweat, and he has seen that everybody's acting weird. Everybody's on his ass about getting his slumlord grandparents to get the AC working again. (laughs) And he arrives in the kitchen to find that Grandma, who is... Thony, I think you and I have talked about this. My favorite character in any um, work, in any program, television program, is the character who is least tightly tethered to that world by the rules of its own reality <laughs> examples are bb uh fraser's agent bb from fraser uh gina lednetti from brooklyn 99 i have um, one too uh, dale kit gribble russell. go ahead kit russell from yeah <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i love characters <laughs> who are from slightly different versions of that world and can't survive right. in this one for long and usually um Usually, Grandma, Gertie, is, fills that role quite ably. She shows up for two seconds at a time because she's too weird to exist for any sustained length. Except right. in the Lockjaw episode, I guess. But it is so hot, this heat has so bent and warped the rules of the world that Grandma has gone normal with the heat madness. Well, uh, what Grandma is doing in almost every episode is sundowning. And you know what you can't do if oh. the sun is bright and up in the sky? Oh, God. Casey, you can't sundown because the sun ain't oh, down. Oh, shit. I don't think I knew that. That's terrible. I don't want to no, know it's, that. It's, it's like, it's, it's one of those things that is never directly addressed in this show, but it is highly, uh, suggested that Grandma has dementia. Yeah, it's that funny. makes sense. And it doesn't, here's the thing about her though. At no point in this series do you feel like Grandma Gertie is not capable of taking care of herself or Correct. saving an entire group of people, uh, from a broken down subway, uh, right. thousands a of miles, thousands of feet of imprisonment. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, what she is doing is, like, the early stages of dementia. Right. And honestly, that's, that's a great message to send to children who aren't capable of understanding what dementia is, what sundowning is, of saying, look, your grandma might be weird for reasons you aren't capable of understanding. That doesn't mean she can't love you. That doesn't mean you can't have awesome adventures with her. 
And they actually kind of address it in an episode, uh, later, way later on, uh, when they start getting into like deep, deep storylines. It's the Thanksgiving episode. Arnold, you find out Arnold has never actually celebrated a real Thanksgiving in his house, uh, because Granny Gertie's dementia forces them to celebrate the 4th of July at that point in time. Right. Uh, there's something I want to point out. Uh, By all means. We are introduced to a character that is never seen again in this show uh, right what before Arnold goes into this kitchen. Um, the Russian lady who is sitting oh, down yeah. uh, complaining to Arnold that he needs to fix his AC because, you know, the nine-year-old of the house is the person who's of course. in charge of fixing the stuff. He wields little, considerable influence over the utilities, yeah. I have a little fact about this character. Don't Hit know me. if I want to call it a fun fact. It's not very mm-hmm. fun. Not a good start. Keep going. It is definitely a fact. Uh, okay. And this is completely speculation. The only source that existed about this uh, okay. has been deleted from the inter- internet. But in, t- in an interview, Craig Bartlett uh, created this character as a tenant who falls in love with Arnold. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it was going to be... And, and like like... I kind of understand Craig's mindset about this. Look at all these wacky, crazy people that live in this boarding house. You have right. the secret agent. You have the Danny DeVito-like character. You have the right. crazy Mr. Russian Wynn. lady. Yep. The crazy Russian... The crazy Russian lady who's in love with Arnold. It's funny. Ha ha. Uh, there's no way Nickelodeon would have ever let that character go. Right, because as nine-year-olds, you don't see Arnold as a nine-year-old. And even if you do you see him as the only kind of person you can see yourself as, which is, I'm as old as I've ever been. I'm a grown-up, right? right. Therefore, Arnold is also a grown-up. And they've done this They've done this in a few other episodes. Um, there's the episode where Arnold gets a substitute teacher who's also dating a man named Arnold. And right. uh, that's the whole, oh, he, boy has a school school crush on the teacher but at no right. point is it, is it ever the reason she won't date arnold is because he's fucking nine years old uh it's because she has a boyfriend named arnold and i'm sorry it was a misunderstanding blah 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 right it's never played as like oh look pedophiles haha funny it's 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 just like we said arnold is a grown-up in our eyes everybody who right. watches it arnold is nine years old he's fucking he's capable he fucking rides the bus anywhere he wants to go he can go yeah he does he makes his own money like like for all intents and purposes for those watching he's he's an adult very Um, independent well and obviously there's a divide there there's a gendered divide because if a if a female teacher or if you know a female older tenant of the boarding house says to Arnold, you know, like, oh, I can see the handsome young man you're going to be one day. Oh, you're going to be a heartbreaker, etc. Look at those muscles, champ. You already got coming in. And that's that's because women in our culture, their their sexuality is is defanged and unweaponized, right? Right. But yeah. like, but like, if if Arnold was a female character, was a was a nine year old girl, was Helga or whatever, and someone said, "Oh, Helga, aren't you? Are you going to be hot stuff one day?" Like that character is going to jail, and rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, it's the whole thing. It's the thing with with Jenny and Forrest Gump. Like if if our main character in Forrest Gump was a slightly mentally impeded woman who was repeatedly sexually taken advantage of by this other man who was painted as the main romantic interest, or a fucking Shape of Water, you know, anything. It's it's yeah. it, it it um I can I'm glad they headed that train off before 
before it crashed uh, beneath the earth and killed hundreds in its wake. But I also see, because there is a thread of, like, uh, like little boys having crushes on grown-ass women is treated as an inherently different thing than, like, Lisa Simpson having a crush on Mr. Bergstrom, right? Yeah, what's fascinating about, though, was... I like in terms of that particular trope that I think was one of the best versions of it I've ever seen. Right. Um, we could talk about the Simpsons on a whole other podcast though cuz I have a lot to say about those weekends. I bet you do, buddy. But but for now uh yeah. Anyway, it's a good thing, it's a good thing they hit stop on that idea before, before it went up. But it's, it's just interesting that the idea even got that far. Because if Arnold was a girl, it would never, never, ever, ever, unless they were doing a very special episode about this one guy who always makes you feel a little nervous. And like, like that's not, I don't know, that's wild. I never knew that. And, uh, the world. Has, has, Has Nickelodeon ever done those kind of sweeps week episodes? They're very special episodes, like Stranger Danger episodes, or just or like whatever, very or whatever, special like like in like general. like they're not just the Stranger Danger episodes; they're the very special right. episodes. Uh, Different Strokes had the 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 child molester on it. They um, must have and done. A, I, I don't think so because it's not network TV; it's yeah. cable TV. So it's that's fair. It, it doesn't need to appeal to like like I don't think Nickelodeon ever tried to win an Emmy. Um, right. They definitely did knows? anyway. Um hmm. that's an interesting point. I don't know. I yeah. feel like I feel like it's almost an obligation for a, a medium or a property or a franchise of any kind. Like uh, Kamala Khan in the in the new Ms. Marvel, there was a whole issue devoted entirely to her uh like Hydra was trying to gentrify her neighborhood <laughs> at, with like zoning laws and shit. And the whole thing was her rallying people up and saying, "No, this is how you vote. Don't let them suppress your voting rights. This is how you get around that if people try to stop you from fucking voting." It was a whole issue about it because that's yeah. what's necessary. It's Well, I know like like there was Nick News uh, mm-hmm. which dealt with those specific issues. Um zoning issues, but, sure. Uh, yeah, zoning issues. That was the entire point of that show. Linda Ellerby yep. talked about uh, zoning ordinances. It was yep. crazy. PRS Cargo here with international relations. Okay, so they go into the kitchen. Uh, Everybody is they go into the kitchen around uh, AC, and yes. uh, the AC dies. Uh, the the AC dies immediately as Arnold yep. comes into the uh, kitchen. Phil sends Arnold to stand in line for ice at the Five and Dime, okay. like it's Russia, except what? Russia is cold. What the fuck is up with that? This out of like I said, there is a lot of really, really bizarre things in this episode that you don't think about when uh, you're a child, uh, right? But when you actually sit down and think about what is actually happening. It makes no sense. First off, what is a single bag of ice going to do to for an entire boarding house for to to help cool off an entire boarding house? Number two, Arnold has no means of transportation either than a city bus or a bike, Uh, and you see him hoofing it, or you see him hoofing it to the convenience store. Um, Yeah, Phil really set him up for failure here. 
every single person is waiting in line for a bag of ice. None of them bother yep. to close the 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 door to the ice ice thing to keep right. the ice from melting. And the lady who grabs the ice in front of Arnold, there are still like five bags left uh, before Arnold goes there. And he goes and he grabs a teeny tiny little nothing bag of ice. The Arnold-sized bag. Yeah. Yeah. But that's and... an excellent point. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it, what this bag of ice was meant to be in aid of. Like, I mean, they've got they probably got cold drinks already. They're, you're not just going to apply the ice directly to overheated person. That's not how that works. It's and and Arnold walks home, delivers the melted bag of ice because he's a child who has to walk through the city. He has no choice. His entire boarding house, like. Feels it feels Turns like he committed him. war crimes. Like, oh yeah, like it's a single bag of ice. What the fuck is going to happen with a single bag of know. ice? Well, and I, I think, don't understand it. I think part of the idea here is to highlight the way that heat makes people stupid. And I, yeah. I identify with Arnold a lot. But one of the, one of the ways that it really highlights here how he and I are essentially the same person is that the heat fucking shuts me down. I get headachy, I get nauseated, I can't function, it's not good. And everybody is making really strange, bad, stupid, out-of-character decisions and choices in this episode. Yeah. So, Arnold gets banished from his house, because that's what you do when you don't deliver the goods. Uh, Oh, wait, I I want to say, real quick, uh, he does, he walks up to the boarding house, and Gerald is just hanging out on the front stoop, like stoop kid of old, and he says, hey, Arnold, what are you up to? And Arnold... The only the only time in the episode we see him with anything resembling pep in his step walks up and says, No time to talk now, Gerald. I gotta get this ice inside before it and then womp womp it melts. But like he treats it like that wasn't me putting extra chipperness in my voice. That's how he said it. He treated it with such seriousness and dignity, like he was a balto. It was incredible. He was like, Yes, this bag of ice. this will be it's- it's a bag of ice. Why is this bag of ice so important? It's gonna fix everything, Tony. What, 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 what is, 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 is Phil going to do with that bag it's of ice? It's a bag of ice! Too? I don't fucking know. Okay. Tony's so a bag Arnold's, of ice. It's gonna fix everything, Tony. Everything's gonna be fine with this bag of ice. And this is, this is honestly the least bizarre thing that happens in this episode. It's uh, true. So Arnold and Gerald now spend the rest of the time going around the city trying to figure out a way to stay cool. Because Getting a child. Stroke? That's what you need to do. Um, Correct. I don't know what the order is because I wrote a bunch of different things. Do they go see the movie first, or yep. do they? Uh, they okay, go. So, the fire hydrant first. Uh, they do the fire hydrant. Where the hell do they get a wrench big enough to open a fire hydrant? <laughs> That's an excellent question. An even better question: Can miners be prosecuted for unlawful opening of a fire hydrant? Because that is very illegal. <laughs> I, I, I would say probably, however, Pro- yeah. this is, this is one of the biggest tropes in That's inner true. city TV history. So it's I, a tarot I, card. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like, if there's a hot day and you're in a big city, someone has opened up a fire hydrant so kids can play in it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just what it is. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nitpick this, but I am gonna nitpick the fact that two nine year olds found a firefighter grade, uh, wrench and had yep. the combined strength to open I can barely open one of those things. Like right. I can barely take like, a nut barely. off my Tony, have you had experience? Have you had occasion to open a fire hydrant? No, no. Oh. Uh, but I know I know enough about how leverage works that That's I would fair. be able to pop it open. Alright. 
So, yes, they they try to open the fire hydrant. They succeed for a moment. It seems as if the day has been saved, but no, there's a fire, so the firemen actually need that, and the water pressure gets drained. They go to the pool. The pool is literally packed solid. There is no room in there, and Arnold is losing it. And this is another one that I have a huge issue with. They live in an island, right? They it's do. been established that they live near the ocean. Or, or a peninsula is, or something. Beach access is easy and ready. There's a lake that there are several episodes that take place mm-hmm. on. In Lake this. Goose Pond. I think there are rivers. I think there are tons yep. of other methods rather than uh, a very, very questionable, yeah. uh, sanity-wise pool that every single person is elbow to elbow in. Yeah, bodies of water are abundant. And I think it's another example of everyone making very poor decisions. And the theme that's being reinforced in this episode is that sometimes life just kicks you in the gut and you try to set up a good idea and life says, no, that's stupid, and knocks it over. And no matter what you try, it's just not going to work because they get there and Arnold says, hey, fucking let me in the pool. Make room, dude. And the guy says, nah, guy, there's no room and the water's not even cold. And Arnold says, I don't care. Let me in the pool. It's the point of the thing. Also, I don't know. Do you have to pay money to go to a public pool? No. Because it's public. Yeah. It's like, it's like okay. go to a park. It's like and, municipal. And they'll be there. Yeah. It's a parks and rec thing. Like it's publicly funded. It's disgusting. Like, like. I believe it. You want to know why the reason that water is. Exactly. That's the reason why the water is so warm. It's not because of the heat outside. It's because of all the bodies in the pool heating the pool up. Gross. I I think maybe one of the things is like, like, especially for a nine year old, you don't go to the beach when you're hot. You go to the beach when the weather is nice and it's nice to lay outside and play. So. But well, still. here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you go to the beach when it's hot, it's gonna be hot at the beach. You're gonna be overheated unless you bring your own shade. Even then, the atmospheric heat is gonna be oppressive. And it's just, I don't know. But you can go into the water, and the water Whatever. is gonna be cooler than a pool is because there are not one elbow to elbow, elbow to elbow people. It, it, yeah. like, like. It's the same kind of stuff the entire time. Uh, Arnold and Gerald try to go to a movie. Uh, a sci-fi uh, triple feature. Yeah, the day the sun melted, Science invasion of the feature. body melters. Triple I don't know what the third one. Feature. Hotter than the sun, I believe. Hotter than the, than the sun. I don't care, like, if it's air-conditioned, who cares how... Uh, Who cares what the movie is? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Uh, and they say, oh, we can't go watch these movies because th- it will remind us too much of the heat outside. Uh, not as much as the air conditioning will feel good. I don't know. Again, poor decision. Well, and m- more to the point, there was an enormous line, uh, which they did not want to stand outside in, which I think is fair and understandable. So they're three for three. They decide to say, look, that's the ball game. We're just going to go home. And what do they see when they approach the boarding house, Tony? No, they get into the movie, don't they? No, they don't go to the movie. Yeah, they they get into... I think they sneak into the movie. No. Maybe I'm thinking of a different episode. You're definitely thinking of a different episode. Right. Um, Yeah, so... uh, They go to the boarding house. Is this where they meet the uh, worst character in this entire show? (laughs) They return to the Sunset Arms to find that the Jolly Ollie Man has gone mad with power. 
mad with power and no actual understanding of how economics works. Nope. He does not understand that we're in an economy. Uh, uh, thank you for uh, tuning into the final episode of the Gerald Field Report, everybody. This is uh, a, this is unique. <laughs> it's been the final episode twice in the same episode now. Yeah, yeah that's just that's how you know it's the finality of this episode. The fabled double finale. <laughs> um, the Jolly Ollie Man has gone mad with power, and here's the thing: I don't think the Jolly Ollie Man has ever recovered from this specific uh, heat wave. No. Well, see, here's the thing: his his stability or lack thereof, has been mentioned before in a previous episode. I forget exactly what happened. I forget the circumstances. But uh, somebody the says, Jolly hey, Ollie Man goes crazy. He crashed his car yes. and is giving free ice cream to everybody. Exactly. what Thank episode you. that is. So his, uh, yeah, his cheese has never been firmly planted upon his cracker. And apparently in this heat wave, it has melted right off. And it never recovers. Like, nope. like because th- in this, you can't episode, get melted cheese back up on a cracker. I defy you to try. That's that. That seems pretty easy, actually. Just use the cracker as like a a scooping device. It comes right back on. You have cheese. Mm. Not uh, you have cracker nachos. Mm. It's delicious. Mm. It's fantastic. It's mm. amazing. Um, Good to know. Good to know that mental health is such an easy fix, Tony. Yeah, just go outside. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, you all you need, need is a pair of, of running shoes. No. You don't need years of therapy and medication. Just be uh, positive. Have you tried just not being anxious? Uh, fuck those people. They all deserve <laughs> to die. Uh, in fairness, Tony, we all deserve to die. For all have sinned and fallen short of the grace of God. Or so the Gospel of St. Paul tells us. Um, Or is it St. Peter? I'm a, I, I wasn't a good Christian when I was one. And I'm not a so, Catholic, so I don't know all the fucking saints. Like, fair enough. So dumb. Arnold, Arnold, uh, in the manner of many a good man before him, and specifically like uh, Kirk Douglas in the pretty good movie Falling Down, Arnold has decided that he has had a goddamn enough. He can't fight the heat, but he can shut this asshole down. Yeah. He, like, he incites a riot. He or was that Michael first, Douglas? I mean, Arnold, uh, I don't know the difference. No, Michael, is it Michael Douglas super old? Was Michael Douglas the dead one? The one who no, recently Mike, died? No, Kirk Douglas is the, the, the dead one. Michael the Douglas one who recently, okay, so it was Michael Douglas in Falling And, yeah. uh, yeah. And then you have, I get the Douglases and the Sheens mixed up. A lot yeah, of time too. that's understandable. I think they're connected. No, wait. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, this Never is, mind. This, this is not a good aside. Never too, mind. Don't worry about too it. Too confusing. <laughs> um, Arnold. Arnold incites a riot. Well, Arnold first tries to uh, reason with the man, as Arnold Correct. does. Arnold is the negotiator. It is his way. Arnold is the 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 pillar of your virtue. Arnold is the person who who yeah. can. And he his Myers like, Briggs he, is diplomat. He tries to to understand uh, where the Jolly Ollie Man is coming from, and and he Correct. says, and at the end of the day, the Jolly Ollie Man is our friend. He Correct. he he sold uh, Harold those slightly damaged popsicles. He he ke- keeps a specific type of ice cream that Helga likes uh, mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, but the man is charging what is it thirty dollars? Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars a scoop. Yep. 
I, I really want to talk about how much he doesn't understand. He claims that this is the law of supply and demand. Correct. Okay. When the supply is short, the price goes up. Simple economics. Correct. Correct. He is not short supply. No. He is price gouging. Correct. And, and the which jolly is a term man, a term that is dropped by name in the episode. The jolly ollie man is making has has made in this entire encounter way less money by oh, yeah. charging the kids uh prices that none of them would be able to afford absolutely um, and like like he fifteen dollars for rum raisin who 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 eats rum raisin to begin with nobody nobody <laughs> does yeah it's kind of like how if healthcare if a visit to an urgent care cost fifty dollars instead of somewhere between one seventy five and three fifty in most states or two seventy five and four fifty in Texas, you would get a lot more visitors and end up raking in a lot more money. Huh. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like like uh universal health care is is beneficial for both yeah. the hospitals and the consumer. Yeah. It's almost like the relationship between capitalism and ice cream is just as broken as the relationship between capitalism and healthcare, which is to say, fundamentally. So, yes, uh, everybody. So Arnold, Arnold snaps. Arnold, uh, jumps ship. Arnold starts chanting, no ice cream, no peace. And, uh, gets everybody all a chanting. And as these things will do, the riot takes on a life of its own. Uh, Eugene attempts to turn over the Ollie Jolly Man's uh, truck and hurts his back, which is pretty good. Helga ascends the ice cream truck, like King Kong of old. Things escalate even worse. All the kids start a rockin' and a reelin'. And it is at this point that Arnold tries to, tries to defuse the situation and says, Eugene, have you forgotten when he saved you from choking on your favorite rainbow turbo pop? I really need a doctor. <laughs> which is pretty good. But it continues the theme. Technically not a lawsuit. Uh, <laughs> himself. He did, yeah. No, that's not... The, the, the Dolly Ollie man cannot reasonably be held responsible for taking precaution against a small child trying to lift his truck. That's not on him. <laughs> so, and at this point, the literal and figurative thunderheads break. And a cooling rain descends upon the city. And, uh, as the heat dies down, the heat of this group also dies down. Correct. Uh, making it a, a nice pinpoint to end this very, very, uh, weird and sleepy episode. And we get an outro with the same cool radio guy saying that high-speed winds and rain are on the forecast for the next week. And to put those garden hoses away, don't bother watering the grass. I love this guy. He's the guy I think every podcaster wants to sound like and is a little is a little bit convinced that they can if they try hard enough. Okay, you want to know why people are convinced that they can? Why? Because when they actually meet the person in real life in several episodes he has a high and obnoxious voice that That's he is able to sleep good. down into a a nice cool and low register That's very good cuz like most of us can do it a little bit or for like I can slip down into this and I can talk for a little bit but if I have to use any volume at all It's like I have a cold right now so I know my voice is You sound great octave, by the way and, yeah <laughs> Than it normally the coronavirus is, but... is a really good sound on you. <laughs> yeah. 
I just um, want to say before we move on, I know you, I know you had another thing. You well, you know what? Go ahead. What, what was your final thought on this episode? I just wanted. Are there final thoughts on this episode? Are there any things that yeah. uh, you want to mention that we saw in this specific thing that we didn't have yes. to talk about? I really like that without directly addressing it. Um, this episode plays with the way that like kids fear change, right? Kids don't like it when things change as much as they kind of do like it because they like novelty and excitement. They don't want their world to change. They don't want their lives right. to change uh, because life right. is confusing and terrifying. And if you've been here for eight years, like ev- everything has been there forever, even though it's actually only been there for two weeks. But they also can't stand it when things stay the same for too long, like in a heat wave or like when it rains for a week solid and you're stuck inside all day, every day. Yeah. And I just thought, uh, I just thought that was really interesting because another really good, interesting episode would be about Arnold trying to, uh, like stave off cabin fever during a week long rain thing. And, and like, that's a thing. Like, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. This episode, they have that temporary relief. They're excited. It's no longer hot. Two right. days later, and they are going to be just as cuckoo bananas as they are right now. Correct. Um, I think, like you said, yeah, dealing with extremes, children can't deal with anything, let alone nope. any kind of extremes. Um, I uh, want to go back to the beginning of the episode. Arnold Do it. checks the temperature on a very, very I fucking, fucking awesome forgot about that. It's so digital good. thermometer. Um, yes. First off, I don't think, this is 1996, I don't think the technology existed no. uh, uh, to the extent that we have now. Arnold... Uh, and you can tell he modified them himself. I think it's like a stopwatch. Uh, yeah. he has a little, uh, like humidity sensor on the side yeah. that's rigged up from like a beaker. It's like or a something. little, it's like a little science tiki drink umbrella is what it is. Yeah. He, he, he clicks a button and it tells him the temperature. It's so uh, good. On the outside, which I know we all take that for granted. It's 2020 right now. Um, right. I can tell what temperature it is on my phone. Uh, but the fact that Arnold didn't have to go and either read the newspaper or watch nope. a weather broadcast or find a mercury thermometer to tell you. Call information. He clicks a button from something he definitely invented himself. And that's a recurring yep. theme. A lot of the things, a lot of the cool gadgets. That oh he yeah. Has Arnold's in an inventor is, is, is a creation. Arnold has a potato powered alarm clock and yep. has created several, one of them. And you know, it's his creation because the dude on top of the, the, the alarm clock is him. Um, yeah. And says, Hey Arnold, but not in his voice. So I just wonder yeah. who he got to record that. Who knows? Fun fact, uh, you can't call information anymore. 411 has been disconnected. Uh, I actually tried to advise an old man at work today. He called up because, uh, because due to the coronavirus shortage, you can't buy, like, face masks, uh, in, like, a Walgreens or any place. It's all sold out. Actually, it was sold out in, in Arizona weeks ago because there was a rock and gem show here. So all the, all the rock hounds were, like, buying up yeah. all the masks. But I was like, well, sir, I, I don't know where you are. I can't, I can't help you find a medical supply store. But you know what you could do? You could call just, like, 411. He literally didn't know what I was talking about. He said, what's 411? I'm like, it's just called 411. It's the information service. In my head, it's still 2000. Surely 411 is still around. <laughs> but nope. It's, not did you actually try it? Did you actually like see if it still worked or not? I or? did not because I what happened was he called back 
I got him again just by luck of the draw, and he said that he tried to call 411 and that nobody picked up or it was disconnected. So either 411 uh, has gone on to that great Star 69, nice graveyard in the sky, or uh, or maybe he's just old and bad at phones. Um, an option uh, next time is a lot of um, banks and like credit cards have a concierge service. Really, uh, you can call them, and it's it's the same thing. Hey, I'm looking for uh, medical masks in this city. Do you huh. know any chance I can find them? Um, you got to check with your bank. I know Chase used to do it. I have no idea if Wells Fargo. I, I'm a tech-savvy person, and I also have a huge gift when it comes to finding things on the internet. It's uh, true. So it's it's like, like if I have a superpower, that's what my superpower is. Yeah. Um, I have abused it several times throughout the course of our friendship. Uh, if you guys need something, uh, let Tony know. At the Gerald Field Report on Twitter. Yeah. And I will He's find the finder. For you. That's true. So, hot town, summer in the city, and that was heat. Uh, uh, there's, there's a few more things that I want to mention. Uh, Mr. Me. Green locks himself up in his, uh, yeah. locker. Um, and he mentions, uh, who cares if this can't open from the inside? I feel great right now. And this is the, the only life. note. I, the only note I wrote on this was rest in peace, Mr. Green. Yeah. <laughs> Because nobody is going to find him before he dies. Nope. Uh, it's not true. He comes back uh, in several other episodes. As a ghost, admittedly. Yep. Well, speaking of ghosts, we're about to get to some pretty spooky episodes of yep. Arnold in our next few weeks. I'm excited for it. Speaking right, also so... of ghosts, okay, so we're watching through The Simpsons, right? And uh-huh. we just hit the we just hit the bit where spoiler alert for an episode from twenty years ago, uh, Maud Flanders dies, and it made me look up her voice actress because in the last like two seasons leading up to that, she had a different voice actress that sounded very bad. Um, that's that's unkind of me to say. We we got used to Maud having this sort of oh gosh Nettie you know sort of midwestern thing, and then she became more like this Ned because her voice actress was replaced for reasons uh, to which we are not privy. So that that was unfair of me to say she's bad. It was just different. So I looked it up. Like the first voice voice Maud for eight seasons from like 1989 to 1998 or some shit, and then this lady voiced her for two seasons. Then Maud died. And then they brought the first lady back for all subsequent appearances in, like, flashbacks that were made of new material when Maude showed up as a ghost. They brought the original lady back. So she's listed as, like, 2001 to present as the voice of Maude. Wow. That's... Yeah! That There are a lot of really bizarre choices that The Simpsons have made over the years. It's true. Um... Uh, speaking of, and I know we're getting way off topic, we have an entire thing, but they really made an entire TV show based off of that fucking episode of The Simpsons where Skinner pretends to be another person. Are you fucking kidding me? Is that, that could be a lot of things. Are you thinking it's of Mad, Mad Men? Men. <laughs> okay. Mad Men. <laughs> I was going to say. They really just ran with that plot and made an entire, uh, I hate Mad Men. Uh, this is something that I have never, ever, ever thought I would say about a TV show. I don't hate things very often. I don't like things. Why but... do you hate Mad Men? Is it because you can't handle a villain protagonist? No, because I love Breaking Bad. Fair. Um, That's I, the correct I... response to Breaking Bad. <laughs> I... 
I think that that um, Don Draper is not enough of a villain. Uh, Fair. He's he's I an think, ineffectual villain, which is almost worse I, than I a. I think that show uh, glorifies a lot of things that I feel like were very very wrong in the 1960s. Like the thing about Breaking Bad is is. Walter White faces his consequences constantly. At no point and do you feel how? like do you feel like Walter White is not going to get his comeuppance. He's not getting um, away with shit. Never has done. But so many like shitty, sexist, and gross uh, behaviors on 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 Mad Men just happen, and yep. it's treated as normal because it was normal in the 1960s, but. We we are we live in a society where it is fine to kind of pull back that curtain. As Joaquin Phoenix said, and show why this is shitty behavior and why this is like try to do that I guess, but none of the people who act this way ever face real real consequences. Right. I've only watched the first season, so I can't I can't. Like, That's fair. I I also think that people in general, and America in particular, have a really difficult time distinguishing between portrayal and glamorization. Like, it's it's really hard for a thing or a character to be, like, the main subject of a thing without that being seen as promotion of the thing. Like, when, when Vladimir Nabokov wrote Lolita... A movie wherein a pedophile's life is destroyed by his own monstrous nature and actions, people accused him and said, oh, you wrote a book about a pedophile. You must be a pedophile. And he said, did you read the book? <laughs> it's about a bad man who gets everything he deserves. And I think that's kind of the same the same thing we're seeing here is it's uh, America has proven time and time again that you really you really can't trust them to draw the correct conclusion without spelling a thing out explicitly, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. crazy. Um, we should probably cut this and add it as a bonus feature, maybe because uh, people coming on this show want to hear about that's uh, true. Our favorite. They want to hear a tight forty-five about <laughs> Hey Arnold. So with and that, not Don let's, Draper. Let's get into snow. Uh, once again, we open with cool jazz, and I really like. We've talked before about how. Obviously, the music's incredible. Nobody cares. Uh, the sound design in general for this show is so incredibly good. And they didn't, they didn't, actually, they did a little bit in the heat half of the episode because when, uh, Gerald and Arnold's sweat fell off their head, it sizzled on the ground. It gave a real, it made them look like they were hot burgers on the griddle. There's, uh, when, uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, the two guys that are sticking their head under the, uh, Sid thing. and the other guy. That. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was Sid. It was. It was definitely one of them was Sid. One of them was definitely Sid. Um, they stick their head under the slushy machine, and you hear the oozing, goozing. The oozing, goozing. Of yeah. the of the slushy machine pouring. It's water. very gross. It's very good. And snow does exactly the opposite in a really good way. It has that very bright, brittle. Uh, sort of glassy, chiny sound that anyone uh, automatically associates with ice and snow and winter, and it is very good. Uh, there, I found a two-hour, no, an hour extended version of that song. Fuck uh, yeah! On YouTube, I'm posting it in the Discord uh, for you right now, Casey. And absolutely, uh, a nice little soundtrack to frame the the 
homework, snow extended edit. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll see if we can't repost that, maybe. We're going to get in touch with Jim Lang. We're going to see if we can use some of this music as an interstitial. It's absolutely not going to happen, but I'm going to entertain the idea briefly to make myself happy in this hell world. So, uh, it is snowy, snowy times. The cool, cool radio man, whose name we don't know yet, says the city is buried under 14 inches of powder and you're in the middle of it. To two Californians and even one guy who was an Oregonian for a couple of years, that is a ridiculous amount of snow. Yeah, we got we got four inches twice this year, and like this is stuff of legend. We're going to be talking to our kids about this for for real. Years. It's going to become an ancestral myth. Yeah, that year that we had two snows, not just yeah. one. Arnold's room opens right onto the roof, which is again bitchin' and seems like a huge security flaw. But again, he's nine, so he has firsthand snow access, and this is where we begin to see the really cool like mirror parallel that the episode sets up uh, between Arnold and Phil. Yeah. Um, Arnold is so excited. He, it's, it's a snow day. Every child loves a snow day. It is not uh, just the first, it is not just a snow day. It is the first snow of the season. And Arnold, like, is excited. He sees the snow. He already is putting on his snow outfit. He's listening to the radio, hoping for those school closures. I don't know mm-hmm. what that's like. My school has never closed on account of snow. Um, that's because we get, at most, an inch and a half. Uh, yeah. Which doesn't well, cause... I'll tell you this, Thony. Uh, I have exactly one memory of a snow day from uh, my childhood, from high school at Desert Christian. And uh, it happened halfway through the day. It started snowing. They sent us all home. Uh, I walked home, uh, and it was amazing. It remains one of my very favorite memories of childhood that I was walking through this, like, tree-lined side street that was just off of um, 25th. And uh-huh. the snow was coming down, and it was all crystal, and the world was silent and beautiful. I, I was listening to uh, Close to the Edge by Yes the whole way home. I got home, uh-huh. and I sat down, and I played Skies of Arcadia uh, on my GameCube. And it just remains like like an archetypical, iconic memory of a good and beautiful day for me. So I relate to Arnold hard on this. Uh, yeah. And what's... I definitely relate to the excitement of having snow as a child. What's even more interesting, though, is... Like, I've watched this episode as a child, and I've watched this episode as an adult. Yeah. Uh, It's like that whole Spongebob thing. At the beginning of watching Spongebob, you definitely relate to Spongebob, and you think Squidward is the worst person ever, uh, Mm -hmm. because he ruins Spongebob's good time. Uh, Right. As you get older, as you get an adult, you realize, oh, no... Squidward has a right to be upset. He has a yeah. right to be, um, and so as an adult, Mister Krabs is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, unchecked capitalism—that's what happens. Yep. Um, he. Okay, so Arnold is super excited. At the same time, you see Grandpa pissed. It's yes, snowing. He has eight thousand things he needs to do because yeah. he owns a. A building that other people live in. He is a slumlord. Yes. His, uh, 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 maintenance. Is he a s- landlording? Yeah, he requires their maintenance. Um, I guess you would definitely. There's one bathroom for what twelve tenants. Yeah. Landlordship. 
And the way this is framed is very important because Arnold and Phil are, are not just on opposite sides of, of snow excitement. They're literally mirroring each other. Arnold says, first snow of the season. And Phil says, meh, first snow of the season. And Arnold is walking down saying, I'm going to make a snowman. I'm going to go sledding. I'm going to make snow angels. And Phil is saying, eh, I got to wrap the pipes, got to fix the heater, got to shovel the sidewalk, got to defrost the refrigerator. So they're they're literally mirroring each other. Oh, and it occurs to me, uh, when, when Arnold is listening for school closures, I think this is our first mention of PS-118 by name. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, I never knew why it was called PS-118 until I actually got into education and realized yep. that PS stands for public school. And I this is a large enough city that they don't have names because there are too many of them. So it's right. public school number one, public school number two, PS-118, PS-119. Uh, so why he skipped over PS, PS-118 to like PS-120 and then go back to PS-118 is beyond me. Because but... he knows that Arnold is the main character. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, that makes so sense. So wait, does that mean, Phony, does, like, how is that divided? When that says 118, like, what is that count within? Like, is it within the district or the state or not the city, surely? Uh, you, like, we have no idea how big Hillview is. We like, don't. Like, I know that, like, New York has... It could be has... the Russia of America. It could be half the country. Okay, I I would... How many, like, elementary schools are, are in Palmdale and Lancaster and Quartzville combined? At 40. least. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, uh, we are a relatively small city, uh, or, or tri-city area. Like, I, there, a lot of people, like, Palmdale, Lancaster, and Quartzville, and Little Rock are all kind of the same city. They're not the same yeah. city, but they're treated as such, especially in our town. Um, how like there's 40 schools there like there are at least 118 and and hillview is definitely five times bigger than ours six times bigger than our city like hmm. it's massive it's metropolitan it's right it's supposed to be new york uh okay google how many public schools are in new york city Well, fuck you, Google. Google. I'm looking it up. Do it. Uh, how many public schools? Get that good clickety clack. Get that hey, good at keyboard. Least I'm not, at least I'm not. There are 1,700 public schools in New York City. No, you, no, not New, not New York City. Surely not. That the New, New York, York City. Public school system is the largest in the United States. More than okay. 1.1 million students are taught in more than 1,700 public schools with a budget of okay. 25 billion. Uh, let me let me do one more thing. If it's uh, the single, many... if it's the single largest in the United States, I'll accept that. Schools in LA USD. There are a thousand schools in LA USD. Now, LAUSD is not just Los Angeles. It is the Los Angeles Unified School District with okay. certain services, Los Angeles, its suburbs, all the way out to, like, the Northridge area. Okay. Um, and that's not including, uh, like, a good three-quarter, no, a good quarter of those schools uh, got sold off to charter schools, um, like, seven years ago or eight years ago. So, yeah, I so... Framing it this way now, especially because Hillview is supposed to be a Chicago or a Seattle or a New York. Right. It's the um, city. 
118 schools, PS 118. It makes sense that, that, uh, they would be numbered that way and that they, or it goes to that 118th public okay. school. Okay. Well, okay. That's, that's great and makes sense. But what that means doesn't make sense is that Mr. Cool Voice Radio Guy would be listing them off individually because he'd be doing so for hours. Uh, not necessarily. It could be a, a local, like neighborhood oh, all right. type That's of fair. radio station where okay. I'll um, allow it. Those five schools are like in the direct area of him. So he's making okay. these school closures because he's talking about this specific neighborhood in the city. Riveting. So Phil enlists Arnold to uh shovel the walk before going off to enjoy what his pals are already already frolicking in. Arnold is a pleaser. He's a go-getter. He wants to make sure everybody is happy. So, of course, Arnold is not going to tell his his grandfather that, no, Grandpa, it's a snow day. I want to go out and play. And I think Arnold realizes... Like in the Nickelodeon original movie, Snow Day. That's not an original movie that was in the fucking... That was in the fucking... uh, Well, yeah, it was still made by Nickelodeon Studios, dude. Oh, I guess... I, I, I thought... I thought you said made for TV movie. No. Uh, not, yeah. Uh, fun fact about Snow Day. I knew uh, this was gonna bear fruit. I knew that was a good <laughs> rock to swing my, my pickaxe into. Go on. First off, I love this film. Uh, it was written as a Pete and Pete movie. That, that tracks completely. It, it tracks really completely when you find out that the principal is the same guy that played the, the bus driver. That and, ends up. And, uh, Iggy Pop plays the same character in Snow Day that he does in, uh, in, in Pete and Pete. Pete. That, um, you know what? Yep. Story checks out. Math adds up. Would, do we back, have to do a Pete and Pete podcast now? I, I would absolutely love to. Uh, I think we might have to do a Pete and Pete podcast after this one. The, uh, the, that episode with the orange shake, uh, what were they called? The Orange Lazarus episode is like on my top list of TV show episodes of all time. Yep, and it inspired me when I was a wee boogan in like the third grade to try and create my own addictive super beverage. I had a couple of recipes. They were both called Fizzo because I was in the third grade. And what I would do was take either orange juice or grape juice because those were the only kinds of juice we had in my home. I would put them in a blender with ice and add Diet Coke and maybe some milk. <laughs> that and sounds disgusting. No, the result was horrifying. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know. This is what we do. We tangent, but you know that that's kind of how Dr. Pepper was created, right? Like Dr. Makes Pepper sense. is the original child suicide. <laughs> you know what a suicide is, right? I do, but there's a there's a no context episode title. I really wish we were doing those for this show. <laughs> we should definitely do that for this show. The original child suicide. There uh, it is. Yeah, they 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 took a bunch of a bunch of ingredients at a, a soda shop. Someone was like, "Give me all of them," and he put all of them together, and that's why Dr Pepper has twenty three ingredients and in twenty three. The power of twenty three, and that's actually it, how we got Cracker Jack as well. Um, a man was selling, he had a little cart where he sold popcorn, he sold peanuts, he sold marshmallows and all this stuff. And one day a dude asked him to just scrumble it all together, so he did. And the man said, that's Cracker Jack. 
Cracker at the yeah. time being slang uh, for good, and Jack at the time being slang for dude, not as in our modern day Cracker being a slang for uh, Nazi, and Jack being slang for the guy who runs Twitter and enables Nazis. I actually had a book when I was a kid, and I bought a copy of it when I was a grown-up, only to be severely disappointed by it, called I Wish I'd Thought of That, that gave, like, the histories of various inventions and shit. Did you know that the goldfish was invented, Tony? No, I did not. Yup, in ancient Japan, uh, because goldfish are carp, which means they can survive very well in shallow, poorly oxygenated water, so they were kept as a source of food. And every once in a while, one would show up that had some gold scales on, so they were spared the frying pan, bred together, until eventually we get uh, full-fledged golden fish. That's right, centuries before the invention of Pokemon, the Japanese were farming for shinies. Um, one last thing on this little tangent. I know Do exactly it. what the name of our Pete and Pete podcast is going to be called. What is it? My Pete, my Pete, and me. Yep, that's <laughs> it. We're going to get sued, and it's going to be worth it. So, uh, Phil is rankling at the rascalism of these children who have the audacity to be enjoying a snow day instead of being responsible old men who will be murdered by tenants if he doesn't uh, see to the chores that need doing. Uh, Grandma is driving a sled that's being pulled by Abner and other pets, which is pretty good. And there was a little bit of world building I, I quite liked here. Gerald comes by with, and Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but these were trash can lid sleds, right? Yes. Yes. Those were trash can lid sleds. And a patched hat on his giant hair. It's not that it was a hat that had to be made specifically for his giant hair. It was a hat that he had that then had to be patched. And is it just me, Phony? Or is it perhaps just the creeping racism that is programmed into all of us? Are all of these kids, and perhaps everyone in this show, implied to be, like, not not necessarily, like, impoverished, but, like, lower middle class, right? Like, no, working it's, abs it's an absolute thing. There's an episode okay. about it. Um, Rhonda is... Uh, there are two characters in this show that are are above middle class, and that is uh, Rhonda and, in later episodes, Lorenzo. The two rich kids of... That's PS1 right. Oh, fucking Lorenzo. With his nutritionist and his viola. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about that kid in 20 years, and I'm mad. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, like, both of them have episodes that, that specifically deal with income inequality in Ilby. Okay. Um, the first is, is Sid, deeply embarrassed because he, you can tell he lives in poverty at his right. house. Um, he has Shit, a bare, I remember bare that. bones bedroom that is kind of dilapidated and kind of gross. Because kind of a Sid Nelson Munn's kind of bedroom. A, yeah, kind of a... Sid is also kind of a gross kid, so Arnold has and the I coolest thought, bedroom. When I was a kid, I thought that's what the implication was, was just that that was code for gross, and I didn't realize that gross was code for poor and neglected. Well, like, there's a lot of stuff in, like, like uh, Stoop Kid was this amazing loner kid who who got to live his life and adventure as yeah. a child. But no, he's a he's a child facing, facing poverty. Um, Can I just say, I love how you will defend Stoop Kid with your life. I love this, like, Papa Wolf thing you have for Stoop Kid, and I think it's it's clearly because you're an educator and you love and care about children, but I love that right. you uh, you will you will fight God on Stoop Kid's behalf, and I really, yeah. I think that says something very important about you, and I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and the other episode is, is Rhonda's parents get poor for whatever reason, and right. they are forced to move into Arnold's boarding house. Oh, um, shit. I think I do remember that. 
and like you see Rhonda just dealing with the fact that most of these people I think uh, I do say that I think Gerald is um uh more well off than some of the other people. The Johansons is also are another person. Uh Helga's Pataki, like most of what you see a broad range of, of socioeconomic like families in this city. Right. Uh Arnold I think Arnold is better off than a lot of people. He lives at a boarding house that a lot of low-income people live at. Yeah. But that's because his grandfather owns the boarding house. Correct. So Arnold's bedroom is is the nicest thing in this entire entire house um because he has the benefit of not having to live there as a tenant. Um Helga's dad runs a, a successful beeper, beeper empire. They are well off. I don't know if I would necessarily say they are super rich. Rich. Well, and that's, that's the interesting thing is we, we haven't really seen the Patakis yet, but I can just remember from my childhood that while, while they are well off and while Big Bob Pataki is the beeper king for good reason, like their, their monetary success and well offness is very clearly like gauche like it's tacky well-offness right and like i, I really don't want to keep on going into further episodes but we are you know, we, talk we about haven't these. had a chance to talk in a while this is the first gerald field record we've recorded in um, quite some time we're enjoying the, each other's company the listeners can enjoy our friendship the uh the the jungle movie that came yeah. out which i don't think uh, i've ever seen i saw it it's okay um, it's something we'll definitely talk about. And I know I they replaced Mr. Wynn in it, so. They replaced almost every child character except for Harold and Helga. Um, because they were voiced by adults. Uh, well, Helga was voiced by a child when this show started. What uh, the shit? Yeah. She was, she was like 12 or 13. Uh, and she, she just kept it? Wild. Well, I mean, like, I think women have an easier time of, 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 uh, right. utilizing the voices they use. Uh, the person who played Alice, uh, and Alice in Wonderland played Alice up until she died. Uh, yep. So when you Makes hear sense. Alice in Kingdom Hearts, it's the same person who played her in the, uh, Alice in Wonderland. The voice of Peppa Pig just retired. Uh, after 13 years, she retired on her 18th birthday. She'll never have to do another thing in her life. She's just going to ride them Peppa Pig dollars for the rest she, of her life. She started Peppa Pig when she was like five? Yes! That's fucking crazy. It's wild and that's okay. not the and that's that's not even the craziest thing i know about peppa pig but i'm not going to talk about that what's that's the craziest an- thing you know about peppa pig phony you know she's Is like 15 feet tall right no what uh, no she's okay, gigantic no. okay she is hold okay. on hold on peppa pig i, I regret everything yeah, but this is what's happening. She's seven feet. She's seven feet one inch tall. Cool. You know what? I don't think I need any elaboration on that. Peppa Pig is seven <laughs> feet one inches tall. Um. Okay. I I just want to like like finish up this this train of thought. Um, okay. So in Income the jungle, inequality. yes. In the jungle movie, uh, it takes place like four years or a couple years after the ending episode of hero right it's a distance years have gone end. by they've they've been they've all grown up slightly and one of the things that has happened is it becomes the age of cell phones all of a Ooh, sudden and who 
who owns a a an entire empire based on a very very outdated technological device uh who is the kind of stubborn person who doesn't want to ever move away from the thing that he is comfortable with uh so you deal with big bob pataki and the patakis not as well off as they used to be fall Um, from economic security it's like in it's like in the episode of fraser when he goes to uh cliffy's retirement party because he's in town and cliffy talks about how yeah yeah you know this email thing's gonna be over in a few years and then they'll all come crawling back to the postal system i watched an episode of the goldbergs recently and all of them were back on a good fucking show god that, that was great um okay last thought on gerald's patched hat so yes. Gerald's family is well off. I think they are more well off than other people in the neighborhood. They're comfortable. Without having seen any episode with their home in it, I can remember. It's clean, it's well lit, it's uh it's comfy and cozy. But the dad is a notorious cheap ass. The dad like every time Gerald's dad is in an episode, really? he is the in the episode. Uh he's like uh what's his face from Everybody Hates Chris? The miser. Um, yeah, uh... Pinch Penny. A spendthrift. But he, he, every time, like, there, there is an episode with, with Gerald's dad. Gerald's dad is complaining, you guys leave the lights on, you guys run the mm-hmm. air conditioner too how Like, he's... Being a real Murray like, Goldberg. Yeah, real Murray Goldberg. Um, so I think it's one of those situations where Gerald could probably afford a new, uh... A new hat. But his dad... It's like, your, your hat is fine. Your mom can patch it up. It'll last another season. I'm not gonna buy you a new hat. That makes sense. Also, I think, I really like the, like, urban scavenging. Cause, like, you could buy a sled, but there's something really, something really, I don't even have an adjective here, but just like saying, nah, man, I got a trash can lid. I'm gonna use a piece of this city, a piece of my home to, to sled around on, I think is a really cool idea. But I've always wondered, what about the handle? Like, what do you, like, doesn't well, that, like, like, we are used to sledding, uh, with snow that is very, very close to the ground. That's they true. They have 14 inches. That is two feet of snow. So They're the sliding handle, down these hills. So the just handle, if anything, it. if anything could serve as a rudder. Exactly. Ooh. Tony, I love this show. I love, yeah, I, I love too. this so much. Thank you so much. This is the most fun I've had all week. <laughs> So, um, you see the- a little bit of a, you see a little bit of a montage as they're going through of, uh, the various adults in the city. And like, I, I, I will like, I, I hate most of the adults on this show. I think they are awful people. Uh, yeah. and we're going to be dealing with, uh, an episode that deals with just how awful these people are, uh, in the next few weeks. Um, I really relate to all of them. In oh yeah. This episode. Like yeah. I, I used to love snow. I detest it now. Snow means I am not able to drive anywhere. I am not able to do anything. I am stuck in my house. And yeah, sure, I'm going to go play out and have snowball fights in the snow for like five minutes before my hands get cold and I want to stop. It's Uh, the worst. 
I'm just stuck in my house for the rest of the day. Your asthma goes off. It's terrible. And snow is a real, it's a real reversal of the world power dynamic because when it's snowing outside, the kids don't have to go to school and the world is their playground, right? But you still have to go to work. You still have to drive in it now, whereas a kid can just hoof it around and your life has become massively inconvenient, whereas their lives are suddenly free of many of the burdens that ordinary daily non-snow life demands of them. Today is the day we crown the king of fools. Right. And uh, that's why all of these adults are such fucking grouses, and I completely relate. Although I will mm-hmm. say, the Lord, in their infinite wisdom, did not see fit to bless me with many skills athletic. But son, you put a snowball in my hand, and I am like a hobbit with a stone. I can peg a frisbee from 50 yards, and I don't know why. You should join a professional snowball fighting team. I'm going to join a professional snowball fighting team. I'm absolutely certain that exists. I'm absolutely certain that those resources and their waste in a completely frivolous sport are one of the reasons America completely deserves what is coming down the pipeline. Read a big Bob Bataki-style harsh economic realization. And just like we know that the LA Kings can uh, win at hockey, even though we live in the fucking Southern California temperature, like yep. you can have a snowball fighting team that is kick-ass in the middle of the harsh desert of Arizona. Absolutely. Makes cool sense. running this. style. So, yeah, uh, Harold's mom warns against snowballing city buses. The mailman, whose name my memory insists is Sam, but I could be wrong, he hates the snow so much the world has become a nightmare for these people. Uh, he even sings a song about how much he hates the snow. He does. I hate the snow, I hate the snow, I hate the snow, and I hate the snow. I don't know if yep. that's all of the words, but yeah. That's the and, spirit of it. And and just to give you context about how much snow there is here, at one like like the mailman is walking through this snowy hill falls down into a hole in the snow and, and emerges out of it. seven feet seven feet later uh snow covered on and just keeps on going uh, because as you know neither uh rain, neither nor, rain snow, nor snow nor dead of winter i don't That's know true. the rest dead of, of the, night i believe whatever uh yeah the the mailman will keep on going right president's day though serves as uh an impassable barrier. So, uh, something else I noticed, Eugene is at the top of the hill. Eugene has a bitchin' cool sled. And he narrowly averts disaster, then he grazes a phone pole with his hand and he gets snowed on. Is Eugene rich? He had a shiny, sexy new bike. Yeah, you want to know why Eugene can afford all of this, right? Oh, God. Is it because of the lawsuits? Is it because of the dings? <laughs> it's because of the... It's all the dings. He has, it's like... dings all the way down, baby. I, I never I never calculated all those dings, but I can tell you, he's sued the shit the city for, like, millions of dollars. Very nice. <laughs> Worth it. And, 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 like, it's also recurring... Like, Eugene has all the coolest gadgets. Um, he there's does. The, the go-kart episode later on, and he's got a very, very cool uh, go-kart... Yeah. Eugene was that neighbor kid you always hung out with who always had the latest toys and uh, who had his own, like, playroom because his dad owned a carpet factory or some shit. I don't know. Anthony Venegas, if you're hearing this, how you doing, bud? It's been a while. <laughs> so uh, Arnold finishes up uh, shoveling the snow. Oh, that's another thing. As they're shoveling with snow, you're get you're, – you're, you're, uh, you're, you're blessed with a really, really interesting – I don't know what the word is – funny image – 
Um, they're shoveling the snow, but you can see they're both shoveling and throwing snow into the paths of the other persons. So it yep. was probably would have only taken a 20 minute job. Like, yep. like probably lasted them hours because neither of them are, are smart enough to start at the same side and move their wave down. Yeah. Um, which is symbolic of something, but I'm not certain what. Um, so like this episode, uh, the futility of life is what there it is. is. <laughs> yep. Uh, Eat you Arby's. work and then you die. Um, yep. When did Arby's decide that their community that they're going to cater to is weebs and nerds? <laughs> I don't know. I enjoy both the genuine Arby advertisements that that do have like uh, like cardboard cocobos all made up and such. It's very good. I also enjoy nihilist Arby's on Twitter quite a lot, uh, which which talks about how all offers are limited time. Eat Arby's. <laughs> uh, Arby's is trying to do a draw, like, they've made a, a mascot character for Arby's called the Arby's Waifu. And they're encouraging Wait, all of these, uh, artists, these weeb artists to draw the Arby's Waifu, oh, uh, God. in their own unique drawing style. Uh, corporate Twitter is, uh, the fall of civilization people. Yeah, corporate uh, this Twitter is, is some weird shit. This is the sign of our end times when people are talking to corporations as they are their friends. Uh, it's deeply disgusting and it's very it, strange. It, it, it is like, like the, the signal of the fall of Rome. It's uh, some real for, dystopian shit. Uh, capitalism. So the walk is finally shoveled and Arnold is free. Phoebe and Helga are making snowmen. Helga's is, of course, an Arnold-shaped snow Adonis. But oops, the furnace explodes. Phil will fix that and Arnold has to go wrap the pipes. And uh, go ahead. Sorry, you say what you're going to say because I think it's going to be the same thing I was going to say. Was it about Mr. Wynn? It was about Mr. Wynn. <laughs> it's about Mr. Wynn! And this it is the first time Mr. we, Wynn. this is the first time we see Mr. Wynn. And, uh, everybody's complaining because now the, now the boarding room, boarding house has no heat. And Phil says, yes, is it cold? If you want to see cold, you should have been here in 49. Which, first of all, that's some bullshit, old people. Shit is just as bad now. Shut up. But Mr. Wynn says, I was in Vietnam in 1949. And I wasn't born yet! <laughs> he doesn't say I wasn't born yet. He says, and also, I wasn't born yet. Exactly. <laughs> Fair point, Mr. Wynn. Fair play to you. So, um, here's the thing. What's the thing? Arnold, Arnold is just kind of pissed off and miserable as a child, yes. as a child would be. He wants to go out and have fun and play in the snow. Totally here's reasonable. Here's my thing though, um, they called it the first snow of the season. The first Correct. snow of the season. It's important. It's sacred. Just, no, just help your fucking grandpa, Arnold. Fix your goddamn house. Get your house in order. There will be other snows. It's not, not like wrong. us out here where, and here's the thing. I'm a grown up now and I realize, no, the house needs heat. Arnold yeah. is going to directly suffer if there is no heat. Exactly. Uh, Arnold, not all of us have tiny human bodies that can subsist entirely on candy and produce enough heat to keep us alive. Right. So I like the entire time I'm like, I get what they're trying to go through. I get that they're trying to frame Arnold. I mean, frame Arnold's grandpa as like this horrible, not letting Arnold have fun kind of person. Right. But at the end of the day, help your grandpa, Arnold. He's old. He is just trying to make life more suitable for the people that you live with. And you let me like, 
You know what? Let me rebut there, Thony, because this happens every winter. This is not the first time Phil has had to shovel the walk or wrap the pipes or anything like that. Phil should have been making preparations well before the first snowfall. Just like when a global pandemic breaks out, the U.S. should be making preparations for testing kits well before it reached our shores. Unless you operate under the theory that I do, that this episode takes place Uh, only a week after the previous episode. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that makes sense. I think that's implied in the, in the duality mechanism of the format of the, of the greater episode. But still, this isn't the first fucking time it snowed! Okay, but do you really think that uh, a city that just had a record heat wave, and here's the thing, I was in Long Beach, uh, uh-huh. one December, where it was 108 degrees outside. Long Beach, near the beach, 108 yeah. degrees. It was like 45 degrees in the Antelope Valley. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, winters can, they're high pressure systems. The uh-huh. high pressure could cause heat to go up. Uh, winters could have, have, but if it's fucking a billion degrees outside, do you think yeah. your first thought is going to be, oh man, I should make sure my furnace is up and running? Uh, uh, I'm not- just saying, I I don't have a landlord, I never have had, but there's a lot of discourse about how landlords are the real bad people, and I'm just saying, Phil is taking these people's money all summer long, he should be storing up acorns, he should be making winter preparations, not just fiddling his days away like a grasshopper with a wife who's got dementia. But, like, the other thing is, like, the furnace was working up until that point, he did not expect wow. the furnace to go down, the yeah, furnace right. was working all of a sudden it wasn't alright, um, I'll allow it uh, so we, at this point we, we get the beginning of a refrain that uh, Phil has told Arnold that life isn't all fun you gotta work every once in a while, it's not just some turkey shoot, that's the trouble uh, with society today, no work ethic, and this, this yeah. is hammered into Arnold's head a couple of times so uh, as the episode progresses, Arnold is, you see a montage of Arnold doing chore after chore after chore, and eventually, yeah. like, what Grandpa has been saying kind of ingrains into his head. Uh, right. so much to the point that Gerald is like, dude, the snow is melting, you need to get out and have some fun right now, or you're going to miss out, and Arnold repeats the same thing, as children do. Children yes. have no real ability to form opinions themselves. The no, opinions they not. have are what their parents tell them to have their opinions of. So Arnold Correct. says that's a or, society these days. Or knee-jerk opposite reactions to those, but either way, still informed by them. Um... That's the trouble with society these days. No work ethic. And yep. Gerald kind of shuffles away, like, upset that he can't play with his friend. Uh, yeah. Phil is, Phil is sitting around, like, listening and, and looking at what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of, uh, I think we're, we're traded to another flashback, right? He, he mm-hmm. grabs a snowball that starts to melt and, uh, you see his grandfather, his father, whoever this person is, uh, whack a snowball in his face and, and they have some fun and have good times. Right. Um, well, and because Phil had been, even in this flashback, he had been picking up wood and putting it in the wood box and similar. Uh, because even on rainy days or snowy days, you got to be productive. And let me just say, like, I don't know necessarily in Phil's defense, but like six years ago when we moved here, we moved into a house. I was not prepared for the realities of house, like, 
occupancy and maintenance. My backyard is completely overgrown because maintaining a backyard on a weekly basis takes an amount of time and effort that I, you know, simply don't really have to spare. I can't imagine taking care of an entire building and all the systems that make it work. If I had to wrap my own pipes, if I had to take care of the plumbing in my home, I wouldn't have plumbing. <laughs> yeah. As you learned one cold Easter morning here in my home. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't, didn't the pipes, didn't the pipes burst at your other house too? Uh, we have had pipes burst two homes in a row, and that I think can be chalked up to American home building standards declining over the years. But listeners, when we first moved here, uh, Phony came to stay with us, and our water heater died. And let me tell you, listeners, you think you know what cold water feels like. You think, oh, if I turned the dial in my shower all the way down, that is not the same thing. Hot water is what separates us from the apes, and unheated water and cold shower water are not the same thing. I, I can, I can like, comfortably say that I was the last person to take a hot shower with your, with your old water heater. You son I of a bitch. I didn't have a cold shower, but I, 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 and wasn't that the same time, did you get fired? from your job that same day too or I did not that was the next like time you came to every visit every time i've come and visit you uh, yeah. some sort of an unfortunate hey maybe i shouldn't come out this uh mm. this uh, Curious. uh, uh mm. this, this this spring this, break no you definitely uh, need to come out this spring you. break we need to record some live <laughs> gerald fields here if no if, okay. if for um, no other reason than to build up our backlog <laughs> so uh yeah the uh Homeownership sucks. <laughs> Homeownership sucks. Having to be responsible for shit sucks. And see, here's the thing. Phil isn't intentionally trying to crunch Arnold's fun. He's saying, look, we have to be responsible for this shit. That's what being a yeah. grown-up is. But Phil realizes he's being a little too hard on a wee little boy and is is realizing, as many adults do, that they're doing the exact same thing to this child that was done to them and it fucking sucks and they hated it and they swore I would never do that to any child of mine or any child adjacent to me who was in my charge. So Phil pulls a, is that a fire hose in that cabinet? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. A fire hose. So he pulls out a couple of fire hoses. He floods the street. They freeze. He declares ice rink and grandma emerges in full hawking gear, hawking gear. Yeah, grandma I, I, emerges in full hockey I, I, gear and Viking helmet. I've also got to complain about this scene. Hit me. Uh, uh, the the weather is 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 warm enough that the snow is starting to melt, which is why Arnold's about to not have a good snow day. If right. the weather is that warm, there is no way. First off, there's no way that that letting loose uh, a million yeah. uh, fire hoses will create a fully functioning ice skating rink on a a blacktop surface. Nonsense. Um. It just makes no sense. No. And, and here's the thing. Like, if this was any other cartoon, uh, I would, I would. You could write that off. You can hand wave cartoon it. Cartoon logic. But Arnold is one of those series that, like, is kind of grounded. It's grounded. In yeah. Realism. Uh, so I, I just, I don't know. Sloppy writing, guys. Yeah, um, come on. Why wouldn't uh, it have frozen in the hose? Why the hoses would be frozen? Come on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Although I will say, I will say, it is possible, because kids are idiots, 
It is possible that Gerald was wrong, that the snow wasn't actually melting, that he just looked around at a city that was slowly dealing with the snow, like the streets were being plowed and stuff like that. So it seemed like there was less snow. It's possible. Maybe. I think we're going a little far on our Gerald apologies here, but still. Who knows? So, hockey ensues, and I really like this. Everybody has makeshift hockey gear. They've got, like, brooms and shovels. Ernie's the goalie with his mallet. And Arnold continues to diligently put wood in the wood box from the wood stack, the (laughs) purpose of which completely eludes me. Okay, so, uh, wood with moisture on it does well, not yeah. burn as well. So you well, keep I get it in a that. stack. You keep it in a stack because uh there's no point in storing it in a box. It's too like it's too Cumbersome. much work and effort to to yeah. move something into a box. But when it snows or when it rains that you can't have the wood out exposed in the elements because it ceases to function the way it needs well, to yeah, function. Okay, I, I get that. No, I get that. I had a wood pile growing up, and I have several spider bites to prove it, including the loss of my left arm. That's not true. That's a dumb joke, and I'm going to cut it. I had several. I had a wood pile growing up, but my thing is this. If this does follow the other episode, this shit's already soaked. It's already snowed on, which means it yeah. was already rained on. Who knows? Okay, fair enough. So Phil whomps him one with a snowball and says, that's the problem with society today. What, I got no work ethic? No, you got no play ethic. I failed. Play ethic is the name of this episode. No, it isn't. It's the child suicide. So you got no play ethic. The original original child suicide. suicide. Famous original Ray's child suicide. And Arnold joins the hockey uh, just in time to score. And what happens just as Arnold scores the winning goal, Tony? Uh, uh, pretty Ruth McDougal is seen skating by. Ruth McDougal. I remember. Grown ass woman. <laughs> I'm just saying, like. Oh, like, 11 years old of pure. Uh, I, I, I am not gonna finish that sentence. I was really hoping you would I finish that sentence in a regrettable afterwards. but recorded way. I'm just saying, she looks like a dental hygienist in this. She doesn't look like a. <laughs> Um, yeah, I... Which is, no. again, I mean, we've talked about it. That's that's an intentional framing device. She is yeah. a woman. She is an older woman. And, and Arnold impresses her. It's very good. Night falls. This is actually my favorite part of the episode. The episode concludes, night has fallen. It is dark and it is snowy. And snow lends a certain melancholy, doesn't it? You see it in a lot of Christmas episodes of things, and it's supposed to. Uh, We talked about this on an episode of The Final Podlum. One of the reasons I hate Christmas, um, but love Christmas time, is because there's this attitude of, like, everything's great, everything's perfect, everything's Melania Trump's Instagram blog forever, but if that's true, then why is Christmas special? I like media where... It's pointed out that life kind of sucks sometimes. And the point of Christmas is that it's a bright spot halfway through the dark. The The Christmas Carol, uh, it used to say, through the years we'll, we all will be together if the fates allow. It used to say, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. Like the idea was, if we can just make it to next Christmas, it'll finally be okay. Oh man, Casey, I... I really don't want you to watch this this uh, Arnold Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, I remember. It's brutal, isn't it? With the Nancy Spamoni boots. Uh, 
Yeah, that is honestly, no. one of the like we talk about like like I, I feel like if we're talking about turning points in in a series, uh, I mean, there's a reason why the Christmas episode is 30 minutes long instead of 12 oh, yeah. minutes long. It's a solid block. It, it's really it's yeah. it's the series growing the beard, as they say on right. TV tropes. Yeah. yeah, but anyway. So I I am a big fan of Christmas melancholy. Uh, I'm a big fan of things being just a little sad because that lets you appreciate when they're not. So night falls, and in the middle of the street, they have built a trash can fire pit as more snow falls. And it's very mystical and quiet, and that really that really tinkly um, glass crystal and snowfall sound comes down. And, and it just kind of lingers on it. And then the episode just kind of fades out, and it just really leaves you with a feeling that I'm having very real difficulty articulating in words. I I don't I have no. Oh, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, it's the melon. It's it's melancholy. At the end of the day, what we're talking about is is melancholy, happy sadness. Like it is happy. I think happy sadness is a better word than melancholy. It is. It's a kind of happy sadness. I also really like uh that there was a minimum of traffic in this episode. Like there was what there was a bus and that was about it. But like they made the they made the trash can fire pit in the middle of the street. They played yeah. hockey in the well, middle yeah. of the street. Cuz because once you freeze over an entire street, even yeah. if someone wanted to drive on it, there's Not no way good. they could. <laughs> Not That's actually what I wrote. On. This is like the biggest traffic hazard ever. Uh, yeah. Is... That's going to cause some deaths. <laughs> and, oh, here's the other thing. So so I, I, I'm just going to go over a few notes that I have written down. Sure. Uh, fucking Phil waits until the hockey game starts before telling Arnold what he did. What He's not asshole. like, hey, Arnold, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to let Arnold finish up his chores. Well, yeah, I mean, that, Arnold has to, get in the to box. finish up his chores. <laughs> like, like, you think, you think, uh, Phil is doing this altruistic thing. No, Arnold still has to figure his chores. Uh, Phil's not going to let Arnold play in this awesome ice skating rink until Arnold has finished putting the wood in the box. Well, you know what it is. No, Phil realizes that Arnold's the ace. Phil realizes that Arnold's going to come in at the last second and he's going to score the winning goal. I don't want to become. I don't like. I don't want to come in at the last second. Let me play the entire fucking game. Uh, I haven't been able to enjoy my 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 snow day at all. Like, let me go play. Don't don't wait until the game has already started. And you know what know. happens when you join a game that's already started? Oh well, what team are we going to put Arnold on? Well, I guess exactly. you guys can have this person now. Arnold's going to feel left out. He's probably not yeah. even going to play hockey. I've been passing to Harold all game. Now I got to pass to Arnold. It's bullshit. Although I will yeah. say this: maybe Phil was trying to find a happy medium between like no fuck you your snow day is not a snow day you got to do do this work here maybe he was trying to find a happy medium there and saying look you did some work now instead because there is a second stack of firewood that needs to be boxed up which makes no sense because even one of those stacks wouldn't have fit in that fire box but that's not a conversation we're gonna have so he leaves that one there he finishes one stack and then he gets to go play some hockey and i think that's a nice happy medium between where phil and arnold started respectively and have mirrored each other throughout this episode true yeah uh any other final thoughts no, that's it. This episode ran hella long, and I'm not going to edit it as much as you think I'm going to, because I think our listeners deserve a nice, long episode so they can appreciate, much like the Christmas melancholy, so they can appreciate the brevity <laughs> and succinctness with which we usually express our thoughts about Hey Arnold. And plus, you know, this is the only time my voice is going to sound this way. 
It's true. Uh, you got to so milk that. It's uh, I, I I definitely realize that I could actually, if I choose to, talk like this for the rest of my life. Right. I just who's got the time for? And I like no. I I'm an excitable person. I like to, and when I'm excitable, I don't have this kind of frog in my throat thing. There you go. Um. But yeah. Uh. This was the Gerald Field Report, everybody. Yep. This is uh, report like number this, six. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to our other podcasts that exist on our Semi-Auto Magic Inc. network. Yeah, what do we got, guys? I have no idea because I have no idea when this episode is going to air. That's Uh, reasonable. Uh, It uh, is safe to assume. It is safe to assume. That when you're listening to this, our, uh, what has become our mainstay show, Dice and Virtue, uh, where we play Dungeons and Dragons, is still going. Uh, it is possible that the final Podblum, the show where, uh, my pal Nicholas and I go over the Sherlock Holmes stories one by one, will still be going. It's possible that by that point, the final Podblum will have finished and we'll be on to the sequel series, Squirrel Scouts of America, where we read through the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl issue by issue. Hopefully by the time this comes up, uh, Peculiar Objects will be up the show where Thony runs kids on bikes for Nigel and I and we infuriate him to no end it is delightful regardless uh, you can find all of these on our website at semiautomagicinc.com you can find all of the twitter handles you can find us on twitter as I'm certain I'll have created a twitter for us by the time this comes out Uh, if you should like to support us uh, if you want to express your affection in that most American of love languages dollars you can go to patreon.com slash semi-automagic, and if you care to give us five bucks a month, a small crab will come and take it from your wallet when you're not looking. It's automatic. You don't have to worry about it. Then you get lots of bonus materials, including episodes a full week before they come out. As a matter of fact, right now, if you're listening to this, that means you're a Patreon member, because right now, these episodes and the episodes of Peculiar Objects are Patreon exclusives. We are not ready to roll those out yet, and probably won't be for another... God, six I don't months. know. At least six, six months. months. Yeah. So you guys we're are really getting a trying real to, head start on this. We're really trying to get because uh, one thing I can say about about uh, our podcast is we're inconsistent in recording. Uh, the true. last time we recorded an episode was what Three months? January, something like, like that, December or something like that. It's been a little. Uh, it's piece. been. It's uh, so much a fact that now we're dealing with coronavirus, which is not something that was on our minds. Coronavirus uh, literally did not exist. I mean, it probably existed, but like as far as well, the well, public okay. consciousness was concerned. Uh, so, so uh, what we're dealing with is called COVID nineteen, also Correct. known as the Wuhan coronavirus. It right, is a because strain, the common cold is also a kind of coronavirus. Uh, it is a strain of the coronavirus. The most well known is SARS. Uh, which happened back in 2008, also came from China, but it is also yep. a coronavirus. Um, people have just latched onto the name because they hate the beer. Yep. Uh, My daddy so... is very angry. Quit being racist, you fucks. It ain't the, it ain't the yeah. Chinese fault. So until then, listeners, we'll rejoin you next time. Uh, let us know what you thought about this episode. Let us know how very grateful you are that the next one won't be nearly this long and will be much more focused. And, uh, uh I don't wash know. What, your what, damn what's hands. the next episode about? Let's, That's a good question. Look it up, Tony. Before we start. Hit up the uh, Hulu. Give me one second, guys. We're going to give you a preview of next week's episode because I know yeah. uh, there are there is one that we are going to spend a lot of time talking about. Yep. Because there's nothing our network soon. hates more than a clean exit on an episode. <laughs> yep. Never, never. Like, who the fuck, like, would clean exit? That makes no sense. 
That's like me starting an episode without fun with fungus. It just, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't. Uh, uh, operation. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's our namesake episode next time. Uh, uh, is it the Gerald Field? Casey, it's, it's Operation Ruthless and the vacant lot. So I Fuck think yeah. we have a lot to talk about uh, on that. Absolutely. Uh, but until Absolutely. then, listeners, uh, keep your wood nice and dry. Keep your pipes wrapped and keep your heads footballs. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to edge that because no, that was really that was are... no, that was really good. And I've got don't worry, I'll edit it. I'll make you look good. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.